Axel, what's good? What's up, uh, I guess I should clarify clarify here, Brian Hoyer, the AKA Axel. Tell us about the name. Like, wh- where does that come from? Is it a family uh, name? I know that uh, Slater outed me to the media this year. I know you had Matt on a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. Yeah, so my dad's name is Axel. Um, I was the firstborn, so he wanted to have a junior. My mom said, absolutely not. So they compromised, and I was Axel Edward Brian Hoyer. And from the day I was born, I was called Brian, but on my birth certificate, it was Axel. Axel's a pretty badass name. Like, like, have you ever thought about just going back to it? You know, it's pretty badass now as an adult, but, you know, first, second, third grade, when the first day of class, and they would do roll call, and my name was Axel because it was a formal name, and they would yeah. say Axel Hoyer, and every little kid would start laughing and making fun of me. It wasn't so cool back then, but um, right. I talk about it when I when I went to Michigan State. I was like, you know what? It's a clean start. Leaving, I'm leaving high school, go to college, and kind of do the name change, kind of like the the Giancarlo Stanton. You know, he went from Mike to Giancarlo, yeah. and and my dad goes, don't do it because the first interception you throw, they're going to start cheering asshole, asshole instead of Axel. Right, right, right. That's that's pretty funny. Well, talking about your name, your name has been uh, in the news recently, and uh, you know, quick Google, you're everywhere. So. Any any announcements today? Anything you want to say or no no retirement announcement yet. Um all right. definitely gonna explore all my options of of continuing to play. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to play in the NFL for 14 years. I kind of want to make it a solid 15, if not more. So see what opportunities are out there, um, along with opportunities outside of football. Um, something I've been focusing more as my career has kind of gotten towards the end is, you know, what what's life after football. So um you know, just explore every avenue. Not ready to say um, goodbye yet. Um, I still feel like I can play, and um, unfortunately, it's not going to be here in New England. But um, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, a very uh, Patriots slash Tom Brady type answer. But uh, I want to, I wouldn't expect anything, anything less. I, I, I remember back in the day, and um, you know, we first got the Pats. I always remember making fun of you because like Tom would have the same Tom Ford bag, and you would have the same thing. And but you know what? It's like I I finally got some like real money. Uh, I think it was the Toomey bag that he had. And I was like, right. oh, you know what? I can afford that one. I can't afford like, you know, all these other guys have Louis Vuitton bags, all these, you know, and there's Tom. He just had like this, you know, workman's like, you know, nice Toomey bag. And I got brown instead of black. So it wasn't a total copy. There you go. Well, I mean, it is funny though. You know, I was going to say, it's like you have this, like, you and Tom have a crazy bond and since day one and you know which is interesting because like you know tom and you as i'm sure as a quarterback you guys are really competitive you know and people Mm -hmm. are competitive and everybody there but like i've heard tom say several times like he credits you for a lot of his success and just the value you provided to him you know from the from the fields on the sidelines to the qb room and so talk to us about like kind of that and uh, you know, you support some great quarterbacks, obviously Tom, but like, what is it like and how do you, how do you approach supporting that starting quarterback? Yeah. I mean, I always look at it, you know, especially with my time here in New England with Tom was, it was kind of two different time periods. You know, when I first came in as a rookie, you know, I'm just trying to be a sponge, trying to learn as much as I can. And I didn't really have much to offer to him then. It was more like learning from him, you know, being a supportive teammate, uh, as crazy as it sounds competing with him, you know, and, and whether it was throwing balls into a trash can or, you know, the, the five ten five shuttle drill that we do in the off season that he would always cheat and wouldn't touch the line, but would claim that he would to try to be faster than me. 
Um, and then, you know, then I left and I had an opportunity to play and, and kind of implement, you know, all those lessons that I had learned by watching him and sitting behind him and, and just, you know, seeing how he did things. And then, you know, to come back after playing a bunch of football and being in some different systems and kind of being able to, you know, give him that perspective that I learned elsewhere. Cause you know, when you're in one place for so long, you kind of only have this one perspective. And to me, I went off and, and played for a lot of, um, you know, other teams, different coaches, different styles, philosophies, and, um, you know, brought that knowledge back. And I think he, he just really appreciated that at, at, at that point in his career it was a different look on things. And, um, you know, and then when I came back in 2017, you know, similar life stages, I'm married with two kids. He's, he's got, you know, Benny and BB are about the same age as my kids. So we could relate on things outside of football, which was nice. And, um, you know, I cherish all those, those memories and times with him because it not only made me a better professional football player, but just a better human being, being around someone like that. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it was, it was pretty mutual and talking about like, you know, coming back and, you know, bringing, adding like value is like, you know, it's going into Super Bowl 53. You had just played for McVeigh and like they're, they're about to, you know, you're about to play in Super Bowl. And like, I, I think, you know, you helped like with the Rams offense and all that. So what do you remember from that? Well, you know how it goes in Super Bowl week. Like there's a lot of time where you're just, it's downtime. You know, you're, it's not like being at home, preparing for a game. You're in a hotel. Sure. You have your normal meetings, practice, et cetera. But then at, the, at, at some point you, you head back to the, to the hotel room. And I remember, you know, seeing a headline like, Oh, the Rams, I think it was on Amazon prime. They had like kind of like this all access, um, show going on during their season and I was like you know what I'll, I'll look at this and just see if I could pick anything up M more so for the, you know their defense and while we're there you know McVay's you know they have them mic'd up and they're talking and and it's just clicking with me like man this sounds exactly like the offense that I ran with Kyle Shanahan and Cleveland in San Francisco and uh, the more you know I watched and the more I watched their film the more I saw a lot of similarities and you know having guys like Devin McCourty and Dante Hightower and and Jason McCourty, these veteran, you know, defensive players that I can go and be like, hey, look, um, you know, they don't really have an answer for this. Or if you do this, then their answer is that. And um, <clears throat> oddly enough, you know, Steph Gilmore ends up getting that interception um, to seal the game. And I remember telling you know, those guys and the, and the coaches, especially uh, Flores in the week, I was like, look, they don't ha really have an, an answer for like an all out blitz zero if you hit it on the run. Now, if you show it, you know, they throw up screen, they might do this, but if you hit it on the run, you know, all they can really do is kind of throw it up to one guy. And sure enough, you know, um, they blitz, Devin comes in free, Goff throws it up and steps right, you know, waiting there for the pick. And, and not that I, you know, was knew that that was going to happen in that moment, but to, you know, do a little extra digging, do a little extra work to help the team win. Cause look, when you're the backup quarterback and you sit on the sideline, like, you don't really feel like you're contributing if you don't go in the game. But knowing that I helped contribute during the week uh, for those guys, along with obviously preparing to, to play was, was very, you know, satisfying. You know, it's interesting you hear you say, it's like, you don't feel like you contribute unless you're, you're in the game. And it, 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 it's uh, trying to like, I'd love to like dig into that more because you are so valuable. Like, I feel like there's just like so many, so much, you know, like even the casual viewer like doesn't understand, like, what are you doing as a back, as the number two quarterback on the sidelines during a game? Like, what are your responsibilities? Yeah, so 
Yeah, for the most part, you know, especially when when you're backing up somebody like Tom, is just trying to be extra set of eyes. So when when he comes off the field, you know, we usually sit down, you know, with Josh and, and go over every single play. Hey, on this play, you know, I saw this. Or and as a, as a quarterback, as you're playing, you can only see so much, and you're out there reacting and and playing and. You know, to, so to know, you know, how he saw things and, and, you know, what he wanted to know when he came off to the sideline, you know, when was a good time to talk to him, when wasn't a good time to talk to him. Um, I'll never forget that Super Bowl against the Eagles. I mean, he was just locked in. It was it was like, you know, and Kevin Costner in For Love of the Game, where it's like he he's just kind of in the zone. And I was like, all right, don't need to say anything to him today. I mean, literally, he was hitting, you know, guys on routes that I would have never even thought to – you know, be in the progression, especially particularly the one to, to Amendola. Danny kind of ran a, a wheel route up the sideline. And I mean, I may have seen Tom hit that once or twice in practice the entire time that we were there, but it was like, he just, he was seeing everything. And it's like, all right, he came over, he looked at the things, nodded his head and like, all right, there's nothing to say right, you know, today. Yeah. You know, then we play the Rams the next year and they're kind of playing an entirely different defense than what we you know, had planned for. They had two weeks. They basically switched everything up. And there's a, a lot of communication going on between Josh, Tom, you know, me giving my my input. And um, one of the coolest things that I'll ever take from my entire football career was watching um, in the fourth quarter, the adjustments on the sideline through Josh, through Tom, through the players we had. We had such smart guys. And we said, look, we got to kind of scrap everything we, we planned for. And we're going to put this new package in for this drive. And it happened to be the drive where, you know, Tom ends up hitting Gronk for the long pass and setting up the Sony touchdown. And um, to see that, you know, transpire was was something that I'll never forget because a lot of coaches, it's like, man, we put two weeks into this this game plan. We got to stick with it. It'll, it'll make it work. And I think, you know, Josh and Tom, you know, they just decided like, look, we, we got to change something up. We got to do it to get the defense that we want. And, um, you know, sure enough, they did and made some great throws, some great runs. And, you know, that was it. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I uh, apologies, apologies in advance if you get this question a lot, but like I'm just so curious on like the ability to stay ready at any moment. You know, I yeah. feel like you know as players, right? Like most, even athletes in every sport, right? Like they're like they know exactly where they need to be and they have their routine. Where like you don't know, like Tom, you know right. Tom or whoever, you get hurt, Mac, you get hurt, and you're in. So do you yeah. have like a secret sauce or what you kind of the way you go about that? Um, you know what. Oddly enough, in all the years that I've played and been the backup, only one time I've ever had to go in due to an injury. Mm. And that was for Jacoby Brissett in um, 2019 in Indy. And uh, to be honest with you, I had only been there for like four or five weeks. I went right at the beginning of the season. I had, I mean, I probably knew 30% of the playbook. And um, it was on on, Jacoby. What are we doing? Put in Hoyer like that. It was crazy because it was on a play that you would not think a quarterback. It was like a quick pass, not something. And I, I followed the pass, didn't even look at Jacoby because you're thinking like, oh, nothing's going to happen. You know, because as a back quarterback, you watch the play and then your eyes go right to the quarterback. Is he good? Yeah. All right, he's good. And um, my God, nothing. And, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, the refs were blowing time. I'm like, who's hurt? And uh, one of our linemen had just slammed into his knee. And I think he, yeah. he his MCL pretty bad. Um, and so that game was really the only game I've ever had to go in due to an injury now there's other times where um you know I, I remember in particular my younger years in new england in the preseason you know tom would be in and all of a sudden i'd, I'd hear my helmet hoyer going and it was bill's way of trying to get you prepared for that mm-hmm. unexpected 
Um, and I literally go in for two plays in a preseason game, and then they pull me back out and tell them to go back in. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, last year, Mac got hurt, but it was basically the last play of the game. And so, you know, I had a whole full week to get prepared to play that game. So in a way, it's, um, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to both. When you know you're playing, you get that preparation. You can kind of start to, you know, see how the game's going to be played and, and play it through your mind. And um, as a backup, you're obviously doing that with with fewer reps. Um, but sometimes when you just get called in, there's no time to think, and you just go out there yeah. and play and react. Like I said, I barely even knew, you know, the offense at that time when I got called in when Jacoby got hurt and uh, went in and, and did a pretty decent job. So sometimes, yeah. you know, I know for for me, and we're going to touch on it here. Um, sometimes, you know, overthinking things kind of can become a problem, which is why, um, you know, I mentioned to you, I'm investing in this. Um, mental skills training, mental health uh, app for, for for athletes really kind of think, um, you know, uh, headspace or calm uh, geared towards athletes with um, sports psychs on, on hand that you can access through the app. And it's something I wish I would have had earlier on because I'm kind of, you know, this older generation where it was like, you know, keep everything on the inside, shut up, go out there and do it. And now you see, you know, all these things available to these young athletes. And I think it's, you know, really a game changer. Yeah, I'm excited you brought that up because I know like we've talked right over the years and just different like you've always had an eye for, you know, business off the field and, and, and different like investments and things you can kind of use your network uh, to kind of get behind. And so this app's really, you know, the app's interesting. We say the name again so everybody has yeah, it and we'll make sure called, to link to it. Yeah, it's called Optimized Mind Performance. Um, pretty cool. Uh, one of our athletic trainers who's from Australia – I um, knew a guy, he's a former cricket player, young kid named Jack Preddy. And um, same thing, like struggle with, you know, having availability to a sports psychologist or a mental health um, and skills training, you know, someone to, to talk him through some things. And he thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to come up with an app. There's things like calm and headspace, which is kind of geared towards the the general population. But how about something geared towards athletes who need that edge, whatever that edge might be. And um, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's kind of, you know, the platform is, you know, similar to like a, a masterclass or a Peloton, you know, where you can go in, you can kind of filter it by sport. Um, do you want to have a talk? Do you want to, do you want to, um, you know, go to a certain sports psych that you like on the app? They have, I think they've hired about 14 um, sports psychologists across a, a bunch of different fields of, of athletics. Um, <clears throat> they did a trial run with the University of Texas, you know, because when you think of, of colleges, sure, like the men's basketball the men's football team, you know, they're going to have access to some good sports sites. But when you get to, you know, women's field hockey or lacrosse or, you know, baseball, those those things kind of get spread out, you know, amongst all these different sports. And what's cool about this app is, say, University of Texas signs up, they can have their own sports sites, kind of create their own content loaded on there. And then the University of Texas athletes can go on access that, you know, where they may not be able to get one-on-one -on -one, um, help from those people. So I thought it's a great idea. Um, I think um, I talked to Jack the other day, the Arizona Diamondbacks are getting ready to sign on. Um, Mariners, um, actually my brother-in-law just got hired there as uh, a per pro personnel guy and, and they're looking mm -hmm. into it. So uh, it seems to be really, you know, a good, good area, a good space to get into. What an awesome way to give back to kind of yeah. the future of athletes. Like I personally, I have a business coach, you know, I've seen psychologists like it's great to have these. And I think the, as like, 
you know, guys like you get rid of the stigma and provide it. Like there's no other profession that's under, you know, obviously doctors, all that, but like, man, there's so much pressure under these guys. And especially at such a young age, I think that's like kind of gets forgotten about. And so to have somebody just to like talk through stuff is just such a game changer and such an edge. So excited to, um, you know, we'll, again, we'll include a link so people can check that out. So, yeah. um, you know, and talking about uh, like, again, like the mental, the mental side of the game, which I'm so intrigued about is like, you've played for eight different teams three times with the Patriots. And like, I, I I'm, I'm always interested in transitions and whether it's just the transition from like, you know, an athlete to the business world, but to transitions, man, there's nobody like I am the, like, I'm the most like rigid person you've ever met. I hate like change and stuff like that, but like, I can't imagine the flexibility you must have to be able to go from like one team to the next and, and, uh, and all that. So like, are you a go with the flow kind of guy? And is that just your personality or how do you handle those, all those transitions? Yeah. I mean, go with the flow, but I'm also, like you said, I'm, I'm a big planner. Like when we go on vacation, I'm like, Hey babe, um, all right, we're going to go to dinner on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like I'm making the reservations. I'm making the plans. Like that's a quarterback very- thing, by the way, I know a few quarterbacks and that's a quarterback thing. Well, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, you, you go somewhere where you don't know. And like, I think she just thinks like, Oh, you know, magically you're just going to go to dinner somewhere. I'm like, yeah. th- like, you know, with open table and these, like, you got to plan this stuff out, whether it's, yeah. you know, going to Disney and like, all right, we're going to go to this ride. Like I am a planner, but I think, you know, with my career, you kind of have to adjust. And at first it was tough. Like, um, you know, going to different teams, learning new offenses, learning new, new, you know, teammates, things like that. But as I get older, I realized it's kind of like plug and play, mm. you know, I know exactly for the most part, give or take, you know, a little bit of, um, you know, time or, or schedule, like exactly how the football world operates, yeah. you know? So when I go to a new team, it was pretty much a standard, okay. You know, meetings at this time, lunch at this time, practice film, et cetera. And so for me, it was almost a very easy transition. It was just putting on a different uniform listening to different coaches, um, you know, running different plays, but the culture is kind of all the same, right? You know, who was hard on most was my wife and kids because just when you get rooted somewhere, just when you're making friends, just when you're starting to go to a school, boom, got to go to a different city, different, you know, different team. And, um, you know, so that was what was so great about coming back here in 2017 is, you know, we've basically been here since then. I left for four months to go to Indy. But then, you know, came right back and, you know, um, kind of gave them that solid footing and, and kind of established those roots here um, after, you know, really like four or five years where it was new place, new place, new place. Um, you know, but for me, the transition as I got older got easier. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Even your career, it seems like, you know, I've got to know Matt Jones a little bit and the your role as far as like it's almost changed from like you know, quarterback to almost teacher and mentor from all I can tell. And again, I'm a very outside point of view, but it seems like you've like for them, for the Patriots to continue this system they've had from the beginning when Tom was there to transition to a Mac, who's a extremely smart and talented guy, but like to keep that going, you've almost been the conduit to that. Do you, do you feel that? Yeah. I mean, you kind of look at your, your, my career, like in a, like a, um, you know, you start, start low, learning, learning, learning. And then for me, because I was this undrafted guy, you know, I didn't have a lot of hype around me, kind of had to, you know, work for everything I got. Um, you're just looking for the opportunity, right? Like, where yeah. can I go and play? Like, and, and 
you know, there weren't always a ton of opportunities, but I think I navigated my career. I always tell my agent when I look back, like, was it a crazy up and down career? Yes. But I feel like we made the right decision. You know, at every fork in the road, we made the right decision. And so, you know, you start as a backup learning and then seek every opportunity you can to play, you know, so really starting in Cleveland, you know, that doesn't end well. Okay. Where can I go play next? I don't want to go be a backup. You know, I want to play. And so go to Houston, follow Bill O'Brien down there. Um, kind of a tumultuous up and down season, but, you know, end up doing well. And then self-admittedly the worst performance I've ever had in any sporting event in my life was that playoff game for the Texans. And so, you know, they move on and then, then it's like, okay, where can I go now? And, um, you know, no starting opportunities, no competition to be the starter opportunity. So I went to Chicago and, um, you know, Jay Cutler gets hurt early and I actually end up playing like the best, like five, six game stretch of my career until Clay Matthews breaks my forearm on Thursday night football. And, um, you know, I did well enough that Kyle Shanahan was, you know, first year in San Francisco, wanted somebody who knew the system. It was like, Hey, come on out. You'll be the starter. And so you take that opportunity, you know what I mean? And then, you know, at, at that point, you know, get traded, you know, during the, the Jimmy trade back to New England. And that's when, you know, I start to go down, you know, to more of this backup slash, you know, mentor role, you know, when Mac gets here, you know, up until last year. So it was great to kind of impart what I learned, you know, not only from Tom, but from my own experience to a young guy like Mac, his rookie year. And, you know, he did a really good job of, you know, learning on the fly as, as a rookie quarterback. I look back, there's no way I could have played as a rookie in this league. Um, and so what he did as a rookie was was really impressive. Yeah, he's an impressive guy. The um, the uh, it's uh, over the years you've been super charitable, and I've seen it, and I know a lot of it's behind the scenes. But in uh, 2017, you had the MSPCA Angel, uh, you know, on your cleats, and yeah. your daughter rides horses, your son fishes. Like, talk to me about like just like your kind of like that like sanctuary place, which to me as a I guess outsider or as a friend, but like as a- animals and outdoors and wilderness like what's that mean to you as far as a kind of a retreat away from it all for you and your family yeah um we're all you know my whole family we're all animal lovers we have three dogs um now we have two horses as you've seen on on the instagram and um you know it's just to me they bring so much joy and they really depend on us to take care of them and and so you know, when the NFL allowed us to do, you know, my cause, my cleats, there was no doubt in my mind, that's what I wanted to do because, you know, really they're just helpless animals and, and, you know, people abuse them, people neglect them. And so any way to, to help them out, you know, last year, my wife and daughter and I were able to go to the MSPA, MSPCA angel you know, headquarters over there in Boston and, and visit and see, you know, the great work they do. And they do have one up in Nevin's farm for kind of like the farm animals, which is really cool. We're going to work our way up and, and go visit that one. But I don't know, it's just, it's, it's something that, um, you know, a soft place in my heart. I didn't grow up with any pets. I actually, I had a dog, he bit me in the face on accident. And um, after that, my parents were like, no more pets. But thankfully my, my grandparents had a, a big farm, you know, they had horses, chickens, ducks. I mean, it was kind of, we would go there a lot on the weekends. And and I think that's probably where a lot of that love for those animals started. And yeah. now it's great to see, you know, my kids love it. My daughter's, you know, riding horses. She loves that. My son yeah. even did it for a while and realized it was more for, for girls than it was for, for guys, but he, he enjoys it. And um, it brings a lot of joy to, uh, to our family. Awesome. Well, I was going to hit the final question. And I was just wanting to really get into 
kind of a big sports, your biggest moment as a player. And I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, like it would be winning the Super Bowl. And so I, I, I he's a nod and Brian's nodding yes. And so I actually, after hearing what you had, you know, when we were talking about earlier and your kind of tr- career transitions and you mentioned the game in Houston, the playoff game, and I, I actually want to go in a very positive direction towards this. I don't mean to end on that note because I know it was yeah. a tough one for you, but like, I'm so I'm I'm really interested though from from that like like how do you like what are you talking to yourself like after that game ends ends and it's like it's very different if you're Tom Brady and you know you're you're good like you're good you're gonna like someone's gonna take you but like right. you you don't know and so yeah. like what like how are you handling that after the game and like how do you not like go into a dark hole? Yeah, it's so funny because like like I'm not Tom Brady. I'm not one of these big name guys. But literally the next day after that game. Carson Palmer threw four interceptions in a game. And like, no one gave a shit. Like, uh, he had a bad game. And uh, for me, I was like, God, my career's over. Like, no one's going to want, you know, no one's going to want to touch me. Like, you know, and, and what I realized with time is like one game, one season, they don't define who you are as a player. And so I took that experience and just said, look, I'm going to learn from this experience. And so I went from, you know, having that game. And then the next time I stepped on the field, um, was with the Chicago Bears, and I literally rattled off five games in a row, no interceptions, two touchdowns in every game, over 300 yards passing in, in, in every game. And I think that was that was his vindication. Like, look, that was a one-off. That was, you know, it was a bad day. And people have bad days, whether it's on the field or in life. And you got to move on. You got to learn from it. And, um, you know, it was – it was some, it just shows that you can overcome things, which is a big thing as a father. Now, you, you, you know, I'm having to teach my son, like, look, you know, you're not going to win every game. You're not going to hit, get a hit every time you're at bat. You're not going to, every time you shoot the ball in basketball, it's not going to go in and that's okay. It's, it's more about learning, you know, from those, those down, those low times that, you know, you can really appreciate the highest of highs, which speaking of which, yes, winning the Super Bowl is probably the highlight of the career, but oddly enough, Beating the Chiefs to get there, I think will go down as my mm, favorite that was in, awesome. in the history of my career. I mean, going into a, a hostile environment, it's cold as shit. Yeah. You know, I'm wearing wetsuits just, just to try to stay warm. Um, the game's intense, battle back and forth. And and uh, knowing, you know, winning that game in that place, knowing that, you know, only the people that are there rooting for you are the guys on the sideline. That yeah. was that was an incredible um moment in my career and then I would say as far as actually being out on the field and playing I'm not the only quarterback with a, a comeback down 28 to 3 actually had one playing for the Browns granted it wasn't in the Super Bowl but when we beat the Titans we were down 28 to 3 came back beat them on the road I, th- I think uh, I don't know if it's still it was at the time the largest road comeback in NFL history wow. but that was in a similar fashion just like elation you know what I mean like down 28 to 3 you're like all right, there's no way we're going to win this game. And I remember going into halftime, they're like, look, fuck the scoreboard. Just go out there one play at a time. We're going to keep playing with our, you know, we're not going to just get back there and throw it a million times. We're going to run our run our offense. And sure enough, we had a few um, plays on defense, special teams, and made some big plays on offense. And, you know, so that was a great feeling too. Man, talk about believing in yourself. I can't wait to read your book or tell your story to my <laughs> kids. Like, it's, it's, I mean, listen, you, you couldn't have done what you've done over all these years and will continue to do without having an unbelievable belief in yourself and confidence and that you just keep going, keep grinding away. So it, it's awesome. Hoy, I really appreciate your time today. I appreciate the friendship, man. I'm, I'm excited to uh, continue to watch your success.
Thanks, Ben. Appreciate you having me on.